Thank you, Jesus. Amen. As we are standing, we can go to the word of the Lord tonight, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, 12 and verse 14. The word of God says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. So it's critical to follow uh, peace and uh, follow holiness. And so that is what we are Teaching on tonight, turn to a few people as you're seated, uh, greet them, and you may be seated. Amen. We've been uh, talking about holiness uh, the last few weeks and uh, pursuing after holiness. Uh, Paul uh, uses that word in, in many uh, phrases. Uh, one of the best ones is uh, probably uh, perfecting holiness, which describes a continual uh, work of holiness and that it's not like we've ever uh, reached a point where we are, we're good, we're safe to go, but uh, we should always be uh, striving and to perfect in holiness and also our, our walk with God and, and our individual growth and getting closer to God because you can never really uh, reach a point where you say, man, I'm so close to God, I don't, there's, no, there's no more room to go. Uh, and so uh, if truly you get that close, then maybe God will just rapture you out like he did to Enoch and just says, hey, it's, uh, you're, 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 you're good. Uh, but uh, until that time that ever happens, uh, we are to continue striving to be closer to God because uh, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like and to be like him. Uh, and it is a constant pursuit since Jesus was perfect, God is perfect. And we are flawed uh, uh, physically, we'll, naturally, we'll never ever be able to hit perfection because we started off imperfect. Something imperfect can never become perfect, but we can strive to get closer and closer. And through the work of the Holy Ghost, we can get pretty close uh, uh, than, uh, as, as, as God permits us. Obviously, once we cross over into uh, the next life, into eternity, receiving glorified bodies, then we obviously become a whole lot closer than we ever can get in this life. Uh, but we are called in this life to pursue after him. Uh, and so that is what we are doing, pursuing holiness, perfecting holiness in the sight of God. And as we look around, uh, just a uh, surface observation of holiness uh, we got to look beyond that uh, because it's so much more uh, be beneath the surface than just a, a word that is thrown out there, holiness and follow holiness and peace. Uh, and so it's not just uh, holiness, but really the way of a born-again believer, the, the life that we live, the lifestyle, is um, that we are confronted by words that are 
more descriptive of living for God, uh, describes more of a life living in the current state of Ukraine rather than in Fiji. What I mean by that is obviously Ukraine is a battleground and Fiji would be paradise. And the walk of, of a Christian uh, described in the Bible and how it is uh, taught is more of a battlefield um, than uh, perfection and, and, and paradise and just uh, kicking back on the island of paradise waiting for Jesus to come. No, it's a battle out there. Uh, and it's a battle in our homes. It's a battle in our minds. It's really where the real battlefield is. And, and so uh, to live for God in this world and to follow after righteousness and holiness is to live and to walk in a battlefield and uh, rather than a beachside bungalow. And to live for God means that we have to fight to live for God. We have to wake up and put on the armor of God and carry a sword and fight the good fight of faith. And, and that is what we are called to do after obeying the gospel and uh, to go on to fight uh, the good fight of faith and fighting to maintain uh, this life and this walk with God. Uh, and so then uh, if that is really in general generality for uh, our faith, how much more of a battle is it to live a lifestyle and to present our bodies as a living sacrifice? How much more of a struggle and a fight is that uh, to maintain our uh, distinctness from this world? And so that is why I have said that I believe that the fight for holiness and the line of separation is really the greatest battle that we face because that is really where it all starts and ends and begins is, is that line of separation and uh, that uh, once that line of separation starts to get fuzzy, uh, where there is no longer distinctions and no longer a, a, a black and white, and now there's a gray area that we've allowed to get gray. Uh, the Bible says, what fellowship hath light with darkness? That doesn't sound like there's some kind of middle ground, a neutral ground where they get along and just uh, coincide with one another and... Uh, they become a, a neutral territory, a neutral zone where there's no fighting that happens. Uh, like the that famous story in, um, I think it's World War I maybe, uh, where the two, two uh, enemies are there on each side of the trenches, been killing each other for weeks and months and years, but it's Christmas Day and nobody wants to fight, and they go out and they play soccer in the battlefield. Both enemies are, are one day, they're just in the neutral zone. We're just playing soccer today because it's Christmas and we don't want to kill each other. But tomorrow we're back in our bunkers and then we're going to be shooting at each other. That, that doesn't really exist in the Bible. That doesn't teach that, that there is this neutral ground between light and darkness. Uh, but we're always got to be uh, constant, uh, constantly warring and fighting the good fight of faith. 
because the, the devil is as a roaring lion uh, roaming around seeking whom he may devour. And if the devil is always on the prowl, always fighting, then we should too be always on the lookout. Uh, Jesus calls, he does reference a neutral zone. Uh, uh, it's not a uh, preference. Uh, he doesn't prefer anybody to be there. Uh, he calls the neutral, uh, the neutral zone, he calls it the lukewarm zone. Uh, he says either you should be hot or cold, uh, but a mixture is what gets spewed out of his mouth. And so uh, however much we want to argue to compromise between light and darkness and uh, the, the church, uh, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world where the, that line is, the proverbial line is, people, can, people love to set up camp there and to live there. Uh, on that line and to argue with anybody about where if there really is a line or not uh, and that really is uh, the I would say the lukewarm zone where uh, we really we're, we're not really called to be there we're called to be separated and to go into the world and to bring more people back out into the kingdom of God uh, and so there is a line of separation in the eyes of God and so it's really, really, it comes down to the matter, uh, the question is, is how close am I to the line? That's really the whole life of uh, the mindset that we should have as an apostolic, one that is born again and called out from this world is, is there obviously is a line. And so how close am I to the line? Uh, and so last week, we talked about the two paths of approaching holiness and living holiness and uh, striving uh, to be uh, present ourselves a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Uh, the one path we uh, attributed to the, the letter of holiness, and the other one was the spirit of holiness. Two paths. One looks for specifics and uh, everything spelled out. But as we know, there is not uh, much specifics that the Bible speaks to about holiness in the year 2022. Uh, we, there are lots of things in this world that we live with and have in our life or don't have in our life that the Bible just doesn't, it doesn't have a word for. It's not spelled out, obviously, because it was written when these things did not exist. Uh, and so the sidewalk does come to an end uh, for anyone looking for the letter, for the exact specifics spelled out in the Bible. And many things uh, are not really mentioned there by name. Um, and so people walking on this uh, pathway feel that if, since the Bible doesn't really give specifics, then it really must not be that big of a deal. And therefore, it, it's safe to do those things. Um, the one instance we gave last week uh, was, was tattoos of how the New Testament doesn't talk about that. And so there are uh, churches... And, and organizations out there that say it's fine because the New Testament doesn't teach about it. Uh, and so it must be good. Get, get the biggest Jesus tattoo you want all over your body. It's for him. 
Uh, and so they teach that uh, because it's not specifically spelled out in the New Testament. It is in the Old Testament, but we're not under the Old Testament. So good for us, I guess. Uh, again, that is the mentality of, well, it's not specifically said. Uh, and so, as I said, that kind of mentality, the approach of holiness, the sidewalk's going to come to an end because it doesn't address everything that we encounter in this year. Um, and so, clearly, the letter of the law cannot really speak to every situation in detail. Otherwise, there would have to be constant revisions all the time, a new revision. And if you don't have the latest revision, you're not up to date because these new things have come out now, and we got to revise the Bible, revise the scripture, the laws, all these things. And then not only got to revise that, you got to revise the punishments or things if you break those things. And again, uh, uh, people can't even read the Bible now. Can you imagine if it's spelled out everything we deal with? Uh, there's no way that they would even uh, read a Bible that is that thick. And, and so, uh, but. Believing that the, the spirit of holiness is going to speak to whatever situation we come across. Uh, it, it may not spell it out exactly, but there's a principle somewhere that is, is taught in the Bible. And that is the spirit of holiness will say, well, I know it's not really spelled out in there, but what, is really, what does God think about it all? Uh, and from that principle, we can... We can uh, derive a, a standard or a, a, a way to live that can uh, uh, appeal to God the best that way that we can. Again, if you're really searching the scriptures to see um, if it's in there and if it's not in there, is it, a, is it addressed some other way, some other angle? Does God speak to that, some other principle? Somebody who is really hungry and, and really searching for that, uh, you're probably not going to uh, fall on the wrong side uh, because most people aren't going to go in that depth uh, and just say, well, it's not in there, so we're good. And, and so you can, never, you can never go wrong by going too far to really making sure um, I want to get the heart of God uh, and not just the 66 books where these things are spelled out because his heart is in the word of God and he will speak to you about things that are not specifically spelled out there but because uh, the spirit of holiness will lead you to that uh, decision, that crossroads where, uh, yes, I know it doesn't specifically say it, but I'm just feeling an unction that uh, maybe I don't want to do that. And so uh, the spirit of holiness will teach us to about every situation. If you want to look, many people will say, well, I don't want to look. And there's probably a reason why you don't want to look. But then they can play, well, I haven't really studied it out. Well, as if that is an excuse. God, at one point, he did wink at ignorance, but he doesn't do that any longer especially since now we have the written word, every single one of us, uh, and on our phones, and we have access to so much more information. And so for us to say that, well, I just don't know, that's not, that's not going to hold up in God's court. Uh, nothing's really going to hold up in God's court because he gave everything to us in his word. And so if we don't study to show ourselves approved, we have nobody else to blame. And uh, so I believe the spirit of holiness will teach us how to live 
a holy life, whether you are living in uh, 30 A.D. or 300 A.D. or 1500 A.D., or the year 2022, I believe the spirit of holiness will teach you how to live godly no matter what part of time of history that we have, we are existing. Uh, and so it really comes down to the, to the believer, the individual, how much do we really want to know and how close do we really want to get to God? Um, the sword that Jesus brought 2,000 years ago still works in today's world. The ways of holiness that Paul taught 2,000 years ago still is still the same way that we can walk and follow after today uh, because the, the spirit and the principle of the matter is taught. Um, and there are things that are specifically said, but not everything, again, not everything is spelled out there. Uh, but I think the spirit will uh, provide you uh, some unction of which way to go. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, Unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. Uh, and so those that who follow the letter of the law, this letter of holiness, this is, this is easy because everything's spelled out. Um, but, verse 21, to them that are without the law, that the law, does, they don't live by the law. So how are you going to manage that? He says, to them that are without the law as without the law, uh, being not without the law to God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. He says, so to the lawless ones, the Gentiles, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to reach them. But that doesn't mean that I stoop to lawlessness and and and. and and commit abominations so that we can have something in common. He says, even though, even when there is not a law that they don't uh, uphold to and adhere to, he says, there still is a law that I, there still is a standard for me to live by, and that is the law to Christ. It's not spelled out like the Jews have it spelled out, uh, but there is something, there is a way that leads people uh, that is not always written out by the letter. And Paul is saying, I, that's how I reach those that are without the law. I, I don't become lawless. I still am held to a standard, um, the law of Christ says, to the weak I become weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, but again, still being held to some standard. And it, it, it can't be spelled out for every situation, but it, you can be led through every situation, pleasing the Lord. And I do this for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. And so what is, uh, what is the uh, standard... Um, there, in the Old Testament, uh, a standard was a, a banner, uh, as a banner that was lifted up, uh, uh, you know, a war banner, a, a war standard, or the flag or whatever, uh, 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 something that was lifted up above the people that everyone can look to and, and, and have a rally point or, or direction or, or go to. Uh, it was a sign, uh, it was a standard, a, a place that they know that they can find safety, they know that that's where they need to go, uh, gives them direction in their life, 
And in, uh, while they're passing through the wilderness, um, it's really kind of a strange thing that happened there, but uh, people were getting bit by snakes. Um, obviously, you're in the wilderness, and there's animals everywhere. And so people were getting by, bitten by snakes, and God told Moses to, to build a, to, to make a, a, a serpent out of, uh, out of bronze, and he would raise it up uh, and lift it up on a pole that whoever was bit by a snake would go find, look for that uh, serpent, bronze serpent, and if they looked to that, they were then healed. Um, that, uh, that concept is a standard. A standard was lifted up. They can run to that for healing. They knew where to go, where God's uh, touch his healing power was. It was it was a place of direction that provided safety. Uh, and obviously, um, they Israel ended up taking that, and they ran with it, and they made that a god and were worshiping that. And so that obviously, you know, people people take things out of context and just run with it. It's not what it was meant to be, a, a false god. It was meant to be a standard that God raised up, and the people looked to that. For, for direction and for safety, for healing, for the hand of God was where the standard was. And so that is what uh, really the word standard means um, as a token of perfection, uh, protection. Uh, we see in Isaiah 59 and 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Now here's what we like. We like this part. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Yeah, that, that preaches. That's what we like to hear, the standard of God, the protection, the power of God, the, the hand of God is lifted up uh, and uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood. But uh, a standard is lifted up against the enemy. Uh, but the question is, what is that standard, and who who live by that standard? Not everybody that claimed to be a child of God, uh, a Jew or Israelite, would, would was was living for God, and so there was a standard. There's there's a there's always a standard, um, and God sets standards. And so if he's going to lift up a standard against the enemy, he's going to lift up the people that are abiding by that standard because they're the ones who have the protection of God. As James tells us, submit yourselves unto the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit, if you're submitted to God, he can lift up a standard against the enemy, but only those that are submitted to God is the devil going to flee from. People that claim to be submitted, the devil knows if we're submitted or not. He knows how we, how we line up against the standard that is declared and lifted up uh, over the people. Uh, and so many people will uh, uh, fight, try to fight the enemy and not be afraid. But if they're not submitted, they don't have the God's protection, his hand over their life uh, because this, they didn't meet the standard, Right? Uh, and it's not, uh, it's, it, again, it falls on the individual. Are we going to, are we going to submit, am I going to sit my, submit myself to God? And if I do submit myself to his standard, then I don't have to be afraid of the enemy because 
of that standard that was held up. Uh, so God's lifting up uh, or setting up a standard implies uh, his presence. It implies his protection, leading his people to do his will, whatever that accomplishes, uh, encompasses. If, if they need a healing, they, they were healed by looking at the serpent and all those things. And, and so uh, that really is... Uh, a good context or a good beginning of what a what a standard is, and so uh, we we see that um, there is a standard. There's a line somewhere. There's always a line, and a line of separation has got to be somewhere. And so there has to be a standard somewhere. Uh, otherwise, there's everything's a gray area. So there has to be a line somewhere. Now. Uh, there are some things the Bible does spell out and speak to specifically, and that obviously is God himself has really drawn that line. Um, and if it speaks to it, then there really should be an argument from us, right, uh, of, over that standard of holiness or, or, or of living. Uh, but what happens is it's the unspoken, the unwritten, where it's not really spelled out, where the sidewalk ends and whether where do we go from there, uh, those, stay, those are the things that can be the real cause of issue. But even still, when the Bible specifically addresses things and talks about them, there are even still people who just kind of ignore it. Well, I'm not going to pay attention to that. I don't like how that is said or I don't want to really want to worry about that part of my life. And they go on to live their life as if there's no standard to be found. Um, so if they go against what the Bible teaches and clearly states, what's going to happen about those things where the word of God really isn't so clear on those things? If, they, if they're not going to live by when it's spelled out, they're not going to really, they'll have a problem when it's not spelled out and a standard is lifted up. Um, and, and so... Uh, one great example of this happening in the Bible is when the uh, God is giving the, the commandments, the, the law, the Ten Commandments, and uh, from Mount Sinai is uh, we see a standard being established, standard being set, uh, Exodus 19 and 10. The Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them. Uh, today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount, nor touch the border of it, Whosoever touches the mount uh, shall be surely put to death. There shall not any hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Uh, they had guns back then, apparently. Uh, whether he be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. So here is uh, one of the first standards that God is establishing here in, uh, at Mount Sinai. If you put up picture number one, 
this is supposedly Mount Sinai from a quick uh, image search on the internet. Whether it is or not, I don't know, but uh, they're claiming that. So we'll go off that. We'll be based off that tonight. That's Mount Sinai. And so God was going to come down and be with his people. Uh, they had to cleanse themselves and purify themselves because, again, the most holy God is getting close to people. Uh, and so it's not a time where you take things off, uh, uh, become uh, less uh, clothed. It's a time where you really examine yourself and uh, get all any kind of filthiness or ungodliness off of me, out of my house, as they were commanded to do because a holy God is coming amidst unholy people, natural people. Uh, and so... And so here is the mountain that uh, he was coming down on. But he told Moses, okay, Moses, um, you need to set up some boundaries around this mountain that uh, if they touch that or they cross that boundary, they're going to be killed, going to be stoned. Uh, they may just drop dead. Who knows? But they're going to die. And so Moses, where is that line? Where is that line? That where they step over it, they're going to die. Everyone's going to get stones and stone them. Even an animal runs off and it crosses that line. Uh, they're dead. You got to kill them and stone them to death. And, and so it doesn't matter who it is. God forbid some little, some little kids are out playing and they cross the line. What, what happens? Uh, and so Moses was given the, the authority and the responsibility to set up the boundary uh, of the mountain. Um, and so where do you put it? Where, where is the line? Where does that mountain begin? And so just for fun, if you go to picture number two, um, we will, uh, can you see that? Okay. Draw some lines. So we're, we're all going to be Moses tonight. We're all going to be Moses. And so uh, you get to decide uh, where you're going to put the line. Um, Brother Galan, where, would you, where, what, where are you putting the line? Okay, Brother Galan, he's putting a line about 30. It's not on there, okay? Okay. Brother Pearl, where's your, where's your, what number is yours? One, okay. Uh, Sister Nancy, Moses, what, where's, what number, where's your, where are you drawing the line at? Three, okay. Millennials over here, what do you, what do you ladies say? Where's your line? Six. Fifteen, four, okay. So we have a problem, don't we? A lot of people are going to be dying. A lot of people are going to be dying because this line is, is all over the place. And, and that's, that's the, the, the reality of it is that we all have our own line. We all think it starts somewhere. 
And so uh, Moses uh, doesn't say this, but Moses didn't pull the people. Hey, let's all come together. Let's, let's figure out where the line is. Uh, Moses just established a line. And the, wherever, whatever our feelings are about the line, where the line was was wherever Moses said it was. Because God backed up Moses wherever Moses put the line. He drew that line in the sand. He put up fence posts. And uh, so that is, is where uh, the line was, where people were, were stoned because they crossed over it. And, and so we don't have uh, everyone's answer was right because you were all Moses. Uh, and so when, it, when you were leading that, uh, you were leading your people, you established your line wherever it was, 1 through 30. That's, that's fine. Nobody was wrong. But whenever the people would cross your line, uh, the line that you established, that's, that's where the things happened. Uh, and so he, he never told no Moses where to set the boundary he just gave him the authority to do so. And, and so um, wherever he put it, God honored that. Um, and so that is why there are so many different standards among different churches. There's everyone, every, every church has different standards because uh, the pastor puts the line at, all, at, at different places. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily where the line is. It's just a matter of are we... Are we going to stay behind the line? Um, and, and so there isn't, uh, God watches to see who, if you cross the line um, uh, or, or not. Um, and so it doesn't matter where the line is, people are always going to be upset, right? Well, that's not the line where I put it, you know. Uh, and so if I put it, you put it at number one. Uh, people will get upset. Why? Why'd you put it that low? Or if you put it at fifteen, why? Why that low? Or if you do in the middle, well, why there? Why there? That's not where I would put the line. Uh, and so uh, there's got to be uh, just one line. And uh, obviously, God gave uh, Moses that uh, authority to establish the line. And, and so um, the lines are are not there to focus on the line. It's to keep us from what's on the other side of the line. Uh, there's two, two ways to look at a standard. This is uh, uh, that standard says I can't, that standard says I can't do that. Or some people say as well, think that standard's there to keep me from what's on the other side. Uh, and so um, some people will not like the standard, uh, and they'll fight about the line, and, and some others will say, thank you, thank, thank you for the line, uh, because I don't want to go across on the other side. Uh, and so uh, when we're driving on the road, we have lines, uh, guidelines on, on the road. Whether we realize it or not, we have uh, guardrails uh, along the road. Um, they're not located in the dangerous spots. Uh, they are located in front of the dangerous spots. 
And so guardrails are located in a place of safety to keep us from going even further. Um, guardrails are there for a margin of error. Now, if you're going down the interstate and you'll see the guardrails in the middle, uh, cables with posts, uh, that's what we have down here. They may Sometimes they may be just walls of concrete. Uh, barrels of water, all of these things are there. They're guard, they're, they're, they're standards that keep us from crossing over there because on the other side of that, there's danger. Uh, and so whether or not um, uh, we're, we like where those things are at, uh, that shouldn't be the issue. The issue be saying, I'm glad they're there so I don't go any further than I should go. And so next time you're up and down interstate, uh, look at this, look at the, in the median, the center median, uh, and look at the guardrails. Sometimes uh, they're right down in the center between both lanes. Nice in the center, that's nice. But sometimes they're more on the northbound side. And sometimes they're more on the southbound side. And do we ever complain saying, why is, that, why is that wire closer to my side? It shouldn't be there. It should be more in the middle. Or why is it over there? There's, there's more room over here. And so, uh, again, we don't really, uh, we don't really uh, go uh, up and down the road trying to figure out, I'm so upset that that guardrail is closer to me. I wouldn't put it there. I'd put it somewhere else. Uh, and so... Uh, good parents, uh, we, we set up guardrails for our kids. Uh, and I'm sure we've all encountered those kids in public uh, who you know that there, there are no guardrails in their life. Uh, and so they get to roam freely uh, over all, all over the mountain. And there's just really no, there's no uh, standard in their life. And so... We applaud fathers and mothers for setting up guardrails. Uh, but now that we are adults, how often do we set up guardrails for ourselves? And so uh, how dare the pastor talk about holiness standards or set up boundaries in our lives and expect uh, me to follow? I'm, a, I'm an adult. I can do what I want. Uh, and so I'm, I'm older than... Uh, I'm older than a pastor, and who is he, that young guy trying to tell me how to live my life, uh, to put up some kind of standard. And so uh, our culture thinks that guardrails and standards uh, are, are stupid, and uh, they, they're getting less and less about standards. I mean, they, don't, they, they have a problem wearing clothes, this generation. Uh, and so we're not going to ask them what they think about standards uh, because they have none. And so uh, there are three kinds of standards uh, in the Bible uh, or that we live with in our life. We put up picture number three. Uh, these are just uh, spaced out evenly. Uh, and so those that uh, whoever said number one, two, or three were not, not coming against you. I just placed, just placed those. I had to put three in there. Uh, so... Uh, and so obviously, applying to the mountain, we're going to say, okay, there's, the Bible clearly spells it out. And so that's, that's, we can't really argue against that. 
the second standards that are in there are maybe the things that the Bible really doesn't spell out specifically, uh, but there are standards that the pastor puts in place um, based on biblical principles of, of why, that, why they think that it is there. And lastly, we have personal standards, um, our own personal standards that should be prompted by the Holy Ghost and uh, which may or may not apply to other people. Um, and, and so our personal standards should be more strict than the Bible standards, I think. Because if, if, if right there, line number four, if that is where people get electrocuted, I'm going to make sure my personal standards, and I hope the church, the pastor says, let's set up a fence down here at number eight. I don't want to set up a fence at number five and somebody accidentally falls over and zap, you're dead. I'm more grateful of more space in between the next danger. Uh, and so a standard at number, f number, a church standard at number eight uh, provides even more safety. And personally, uh, you know, we may, God may ask us to do something and he doesn't ask anybody else. And so uh, the issue is, is that if, if we think, well, my standard of living is, is number two, and if the Bible says number four is the line, then there's where obviously there's problems uh, because it's, it's there. And, and so... Uh, uh, we should always be uh, striving to get closer to God, um, and when we're pursuing closer to him, uh, there's less and less things that uh, we should be holding on to and worrying about. We should be uh, searching ourselves even more so because we're getting that much closer to him. Uh, and so... Um, So we all want to make it to heaven. We all don't want to be zapped and, and killed on a mountain. Uh, and so that is why we uh, uh, teach standards. I teach standards um, because it's, it's a safety thing, and, and it's obviously God tells us uh, how to live and, and how to way to live. Uh, so musicians, if you would come. And so um, the Bible really doesn't talk about anybody who crossed this Boundary. I don't know if anyone ever did whatever boundary, whatever fence Moses established on the mountain. Uh, doesn't really say people died uh, because of that. Uh, many people died down in the camp for sure. Uh, but we're not really necessarily told of anybody crossing the line and being stoned. But maybe there were. I don't know. Uh, but the fact is that there was a line somewhere that Moses said, hey, this is, this is where I say the beginning of the mountain is. And God honored that. And, and so wherever the line is established, whether in the Bible or by the pastor or uh, by our, the Holy Ghost, wherever the line is established, the line is no longer the important thing. Now what's important is our, our approach and our attitude and, and our mentality towards that line. If we're grateful for it and we never get close to it, then, then great. But if, 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 it, if it bothers us and we want to keep pushing the line and testing the line, then there, then there, can, be, there can be issues there because uh, 
going against the line that is established and set in the stand and sand. And so uh, that is what we are uh, striving to is perfecting holiness in the sight of God and drawing closer to God. And um, we, at the end of it all, we just want to be in God's presence and, and closer to him. And so we all confess that. We all say that. Um, uh, but um, sometimes it's harder to live that uh, than say it. And, and so uh, we just got to be careful that we're prayerful and have the right attitude and the right spirit. Um, and, and so people can can buck up and say, well, I'm not doing that. I, I, don't, I don't like where that line is. I'm going to cross the line. Well, uh, again, the line doesn't mean anything. It's it's our response to all that and our and our attitude towards it. That's what God looks at in our heart. Uh, and so, um, obviously, where the line is can really be uh, taken out of taken advantage of, and people and churches and 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 pastors and all these things can really uh, really have uh, enjoy setting up lines everywhere. Uh, that's not me. I don't like to. Uh, micromanage things, and I, I, I want to, my thing is I want to teach as much as possible the reason why things are, because uh, if we understand the reasoning behind it all, it's not just said, oh, uh, pastor said I can't do that. Well, I, wanna, I want to teach and say why, this is why I think this, and this is my angle coming from. It's not just something that I'm just coming out of left field and saying you do this or not, uh, but everything that I want to do and teach uh, I'm going to find uh, a basis in the word of God. If it's not spelled out, then I'll say this is uh, where, uh, you know, I'm coming from. Uh, and so, again, it's all uh, so that uh, we can live according to the standard of the word of God and to give God glory and honor uh, as a vessel that is filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you stand with me tonight. Again, as I mentioned last week, I believe that uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, and 17 is really the pillar, the foundation of New Testament holiness. Uh, know ye not that you are uh, the, the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Uh, and so uh, we are the temple of God, and we are uh, not our own. God has bought us and uh, purchased us, uh, and so we are to glorify God in our bodies. Um, and so I think that that is really the basis of it all because this is, we are, this is all we have. We have this body, and we are to glorify God with this body that we have. Uh, and so with that foundation stone and principle, we launch off that really whatever we do, whatever we put on this body uh, is, is all affected, uh, affects the temple in some way or another, right? Uh, and so... Beginning next week, we'll start to dive into even more specifics. If if the Bible speaks about it or what, we want I want to know uh, what it says about things, and so we'll be doing that. And so um, it's all about searching the scriptures, 
uh, drawing closer to God. 1 Peter 1 and 15 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, uh, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And so uh, we have to pursue and perfect holiness in all that we do. Uh, because we are drawing closer and closer to a holy God. Uh, and so it is on us to uh, search out the scriptures, search the spirit, pray about it, uh, because God is drawing all of us closer. No matter where we are today, uh, God wants to pull us closer in. He wants us to go higher up in the mountain to be with him. Uh, and there may be things in our life uh, that are unpleasing to God, um, and that's where we got to be prayerful about it to see what, uh, uh, what God says about it. And we want to submit to the word of God and his will and his way because it's his will that's going to be done. Amen. It's that standard that is raised up that provides protection and authority and comfort and safety from, for the people of God. Amen. And so we want to do that. Uh, tonight. So let's go before the Lord as we close out the service in song. Let's just close our eyes and begin to seek the face of God. God, help us draw close to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We all have our own thoughts and ideas of things, but we got to search the scriptures, God. And help us, Lord. Follow after you, Jesus. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, to hear you say that I'm your friend, you are my desire, you are my desire, no one else will do, oh, no one else will do. Hey! 
Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your grace and mercy, Lord. Help us, Lord, to strive, God, to live a life, Lord, that is pleasing to you, Lord, that we draw closer and closer to you each and every day. We give you the praise. We thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you all. Dismiss tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go continue to live a holy life pleasing to the Lord.